Welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of That Teacher Podcast. In this episode, we look at setting high expectations for your students. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of That Teacher Podcast. Josh Vine, your host here. In this episode, I want to talk about something that is so important and so crucial to a well-functioning classroom. I would say that this could be the most crucial element to your teaching that there is. And what I'm talking about today is high expectations in the classroom. When it comes to educational research, high expectations consistently is one of the key ingredients to a high-functioning classroom. Student outcomes are always benefited when teachers have high expectations of their students. And so in this episode, I want to unpack what high expectations look like. I want to give some keys and some strategies to ensuring that when you step into your class today or later on tomorrow, or even as you step into your class in the future, your class will be set up with high expectations that are going to impact on student learning. As a teacher and a teacher coach, I know what can happen when a teacher doesn't set high expectations in their class. In general, students want to know what is expected of them. They are also thinking about and looking for whether or not those expectations are something that you follow through on or something that you just say, but you don't actually reinforce or enforce in the classroom. So it's really important as a teacher that whatever expectations you set, you have to be willing to follow through with those expectations. You have to be willing to engage with the students in the way that you've said that you want to engage with them. There are some students who, when you set expectations, they will look for ways to do the bare minimum or look for ways around the expectations. They'll look for ways also to get out of having to follow the expectations that you've set. And so it's really important that these students are dealt with in a way that is fair and consistent with the expectations that you have set. I believe that high expectations actually start before you've even walked into the classroom. It starts with how you have the students line up for class, whether or not you allow them to be loud or uh, if they have to be in two straight lines or one straight line as they walk in. It also is important how they walk into the classroom. Do they stand behind their chairs and greet you? What are your expectations just for the students getting into the classroom? Those expectations actually set a culture for the lesson ahead. And if you can continually have a high expectation for how we walk in to the room, then it sets a standard for how we're also going to engage in the learning that takes place once we've walked into the room. So if you're a teacher and you're thinking about high expectations, don't just think about what I'm doing in the classroom. Maybe uh, things are not being set up well from the very get-go as you have the students walk in. Think about how you can tighten this up and have it be a routine for the students that they know that when they have you for class, that they are supposed to line up in two straight lines, that as they walk in, they do this quietly. And if a student doesn't walk in quietly, then my encouragement to you would be to actually act on this. Some of the things that I've done in the past is have that student leave the room and walk in quietly to show that they can do that. 
This way, you're making it clear to the other students as well. You're making an example of this student. You're saying to the class, no, this student hasn't reached the expectation. And it's a reminder of the expectation for everyone as they watch that student have to walk out and redo something very simple, which is walking into the room quietly. Once the students are in the room, then you need to have high expectations around what is it that they need to have for learning. If they need to have books or pens or an iPad or a calculator, then these things need to become a non-negotiable. It is not okay to walk into my class without the equipment that you need. And my encouragement to you would be that there needs to be a consequence for students not bringing equipment that would help them learn. These students need to understand that that equipment is vital for learning and that if you have to supplement that equipment, that's taking time out of your uh, teaching time, it's taking time out of other students' learning time, and that student maybe needs to be you know, sent to a coordinator or maybe some sort of detention uh, during a lunchtime to show that what they have done should not be repeated. When it comes to high expectations, of course, we're looking at high expectations for students, but I would also uh, emphasize the importance of high expectations for staff. As the teacher, part of our job is to be on time, it's to be presentable and looking uh, professional in the way that we present. It's important that the content that we teach, that we don't have PowerPoint slideshows with spelling mistakes in them or activities that don't quite work because we haven't put enough thought into them. And so it's really important that we model as staff and as teachers what high expectations look like in the work that we do as well. Students will notice when we don't put in as much effort as we should as well. And this is a poor role model for them, especially when we're telling them the high expectations that we expect of them. Although some of the things that I have spoken about so far sound somewhat unimportant, the truth is that students pick up on high expectations from these smaller little adjustments that you are expecting of them. And so even simple things like uniform and enforcing the rules around the school uniform is a simple way of stating to the students that there are expectations here at this school. I cannot stress enough how important this is for especially the new teachers who are in their first and second year of teaching. If you are a brand new teacher to the school, the worst possible thing that you can do is set low expectations because you're desiring to be the student's friend rather than the student's teacher. This is a trap for young teachers and new teachers because there is a feeling that if I can be their friend, they will respect me. And I can tell you now that the best thing that you can do is be fair and consistent with students, but set high expectations around their learning and their conduct in your class. So for the remainder of this episode, I want to unpack five strategies for setting high expectations in your classroom. These are what I believe are the five keys to high expectations in any classroom and can be applied across every area of the school, no matter what subject or year group that you teach. So here we go, five strategies for high expectations. Number one, there is no get out of jail free cards in my class. Maybe that's something that you need to say to yourself as you walk into your classroom today. There is no get out of jail free cards in my class. What I mean by this is students 
Do not get the opportunity to say, I don't know, and then be left alone. Many teachers make the mistake of allowing the students to say pass to a question or I don't know, and then they get left alone. What you're teaching students by doing this is that that is the magic word to having to not work hard in this class. So when I get asked a question, all I have to say is pass or I don't know, and she moves on to someone else. No get out of jail free cards means that even if you don't know, we will come back to you at some stage. This can look like a range of different things. So let's just say that you ask a question to Johnny and Johnny says, I don't know. What he's really saying is, please leave me alone. Instead of doing that, what you can do is ask another student for the answer. And if that student gives the answer, you make sure you go back to Johnny and ask him what that student says so that he gets some success. Another way to do this is if Johnny says, I don't know, you ask the whole class as a unison response what the answer is, and then you get Johnny to repeat it. Either way, Johnny never gets let off the hook, and there are no get out of jail free cards. So at no stage in your class is it possible for a student to get away with the I don't know answer or pass answer. The second key to high expectations is the key of right is right. Many teachers make the mistake of giving students a tick of approval for a response that they've given, whether it be written or verbal, even though the response isn't quite right. A student may give an answer that is half true. And instead of the teacher saying, oh, that's somewhat right, what else do you think? They instead say things like, well done, that's correct. Even though truth is, is that it's not correct. You do not want to sell the students up the garden path and tell them that something is correct when they're still missing certain details. Even worse than this, some teachers elaborate on the answer that the student has given when they should actually be asking further questions to elicit this from the students. One of the worst things that we can do as teachers is saying that something is correct when it's not correct, or saying something is excellent when it's only satisfactory. We need to be honest with our students. One of the things that happens when you tell a student that they have done something excellent is that they now feel like they have mastered that content and that there is nothing left for them to learn. And so we should only use grades like A or outstanding or fantastic or excellent when we feel like there is nothing more that they could do to improve what it is that we're teaching them. And so I would use those terms sparingly if the students still had a ways to go of improving what it is that they're doing. We have to be really careful with the vocab that we use so that we don't sell students up the garden path and tell them that they're They've already mastered the content when actually there are some more things that they can do to improve. If you feel that a student has done well with something, but there is still more that they can do, the best thing to do is tell them what they've done that is great, but tell them also the things that they now need to do to make it superb. As someone who is a maximizer, one of my top five strengths uh, from Gallup is a maximizer. Maximizers like to take something that's at 95% and make it 98%. And one of the things I've been criticized for as a teacher by some of my uh, upper senior students is that I get picky and finicky about little tiny things that they can do to improve their work. 
Although this can be frustrating for them, I am very upfront and I tell them that part of my job is to make them the absolute best students in the state. I want them to get the best results they can and I would be amiss of me not to tell them how they can take something and make it from a 98% to 100% or take what they've done that's 70% work and make it 75% or 80%. And so as teachers, we do need to get pedantic at times. We do need to say to students, look, you're very close, but you haven't quite got it yet. There is still some things to do, but we need to inspire them and say, you can do this you can actually get to that complete mastery of this content. So just recapping on what we've learned so far, number one, there is no get out of jail free cards in my class. Number two, right is right. I will not tell you that something is great unless it is. I need to be very careful about where you are at and what you can do next to improve. Number three is everything matters. One of the most asked questions from students to teachers is, does this matter? Will this go towards anything? Why am I doing this and is it important? One of the things that I've learned to do now is to say everything matters. Everything you do, you should be doing to the absolute best of your ability. I often cringe when I hear teachers say to students, oh no, spelling doesn't matter. I would say that that should always be something that matters. If a student can't spell a word, then the correct answer to say to them is, well, you need to go and use your iPad to find out the correct spelling. Or when you're correcting their work, not to correct it for them, but circle the word and say that word's spelled incorrectly, you need to redo it. By doing this, even though it sounds finicky and little, you're reminding the students that in this class, everything matters, whether it be grammar, punctuation, vocabulary, everything matters. Even spelling difficult words. Why not have our students be the best students in the country? Why not say to them that everything matters and so if they've spelt a word incorrectly, we expect that they go back, they find the correct spelling and they rewrite it. In a maths class, you will often hear students say, does working matter? So in other words, they're asking, does it matter if I do all the working out or can I just write the answer? I cringe again when teachers say, no, the working doesn't matter as long as you've got the right answer. That is not a good idea. It's so important that in everything that we do that we actually say that the things that do matter actually matter to the students. So my hope is that as you listen to this, next time you're in your classroom and you hear the students say, does this matter? You will hear my voice in your head saying everything matters and that you would repeat that to your students as well, that you would have a classroom where everything matters, that no matter what it is that you're doing, we're we're going to master spelling, we're going to master punctuation, we're going to master grammar, we're going to master vocabulary, we're going to use better words, we're going to use tier two words rather than tier one words, and everything that we do is going to be to the absolute best quality that we can do. The fourth key to high expectations in your classroom is, as a teacher, do not apologize for the content. One of the mistakes that I often see teachers make is that they will tell the students before they've even started the lesson, oh, guys, look, this might be a little bit boring, or we're only teaching you this because it's in the curriculum. Those are really poor ways to start your lesson and it already sets the benchmark as a very low expectation lesson. You're already telling the students, don't expect much from this. 
This is not going to engage you very much. And so one of the uh, best things that we can do as teachers is frame things in a way that makes students excited and enthusiastic to learn them. Ways of doing this might be things like, this might be like a year nine class, and you might say, look, this is more year 10, year 11 work. So I'm putting this in front of you because I know it's going to be challenging, but I think you guys can do it. Or you're actually going so well, I want to put some of these more difficult tasks in front of you because I think that for some of this work that we've been doing, it's actually been a little bit too easy for you. So we need to think of ways to not apologize for what we're doing as teachers, but to actually inspire students to do the work that we're putting in front of them. And the best way to do this is to call out the gold that is within your class, to tell them how good they're going to be at doing this task before they've even started. So think of ways that you can do that. Think of ways that you can put wind in your class's sails before they set sail. The last key to high expectations in your classroom is that the expectations need to be clear, fair, consistent, and followed through. The other thing to remember is that expectations for each individual student may be slightly different, especially for those who need differentiated learning. But the important thing is that every single student needs to be challenged that the expectations that you put in front of them have been clearly identified for that student. One of the interesting things about high expectations is that when they have been clearly identified, students often rise to the occasion. It's usually when the expectations are low or aren't followed through that the students are less likely to reach any sort of expectation because they don't know what they are or they know that even if they don't do what has been asked of them, nothing really is going to happen. So it's so important that expectations are clear, fair, consistent, and followed through. What this might mean for you in your class is that you might say to a class, the expectation is that you write all in all of the lines that are provided on the worksheet. So there may be a question with four lines below. And the expectation is that as I come around, I need all four of those lines filled in. In other words, your answer cannot be a one-word answer or a one-sentence answer. And you need to unpack this question uh, as the question suggests. So maybe the question is a why question rather than just a, uh, a question that asks for a yes or no. It might be a question that asks for a justify. So as you walk past students, if they haven't justified like the question says and they haven't filled up the space and they've just written yes, then it's really important right in that moment. The student is asking of you, are you going to follow through with what you said? And if you continue to walk past the one word answer, then what you've done is you have now set one word answers as the new expectation. And so I would encourage you, every time you walk past students as they're doing their work, if it's not at the expectation that you expect, have the students stop correct it or redo poor work. If it means that they have to do it in their own time, then they have to do it in their own time. But do not walk past it. I've always said, what you allow is what you empower. And so as students are doing their work, be looking at the quality of their work. If it's needing to be increased, then tell them what you expect again and give them a time frame to have this done. Maybe it's you might say, you've got one minute to fix this response. This is not what I expect. You know that and I know that. And I will be coming back in one minute 
to check that this has been improved. And then make sure you do come back one minute later to check that work. If it hasn't been improved, then you need to follow some sort of disciplinary procedure because they are not following your instructions. So as we come to the end of this episode, I just want to go back through those five key points about setting high expectations in your classroom. Number one, there are no get out of jail free cards in my class. Number two, right is right. I don't give credit where credit is not due. Number three, everything matters. Doesn't matter what it is, but everything matters. Number four, I do not apologize for the content that I teach. And number five, the expectations that I give will be clear, fair, consistent, and I will follow through. We want to thank you for joining us today on That Teacher Podcast. We really hope that this episode about high expectations has really inspired you and made you think about the expectations that you're setting for your own class. As always, That Teacher Podcast exists to help teachers around the globe, and we would love it if you would share these episodes with your teacher colleagues. You can also find That Teacher Podcast on Facebook. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group that you can join. And you can also reach us at thatteacherpodcast at gmail.com. You can also like and subscribe to our episodes on Apple Podcasts and every other platform that does podcasting. We want to thank you again for joining us today. And until next time, it's bye for now.